What's up, everybody? Welcome to The State of the Wild, episode 113, a regular YouTube video web series podcast thingy. My name is Meowth, and as usual, I'm joined by two good friends and co-hosts, Raffle and Corbett. Guys, how you doing tonight? Uh, Pretty good. You know, in the past, we've uh, very recently had some episodes where either we took uh, a week off or... You know, we kind of had to scramble to, to find a topic because it was a slow news cycle in Hearthstone. Not much was changing. It's the same decks being played in Wild, so it's like, do we really need to rehash this? And then this week happened, and now we have too many things to talk about, and it's kind of overwhelming. But uh, I'm happy we're all back together again, and I guess, I mean, there's no one I'd rather discuss it with more than uh, the two of you, so grateful for that. Yeah, if this uh, podcast stretches out to like a six-parter, uh, don't be surprised, guys. But uh, no, I mean, this has been kind of something that we've been hinting at and speculating for a long time. And it's nice, you know, we finally have it. We're finally ready to talk about Death Knight, ready to talk about the next expansion. Um, yeah, it should be a fun one. Yeah, fun one indeed. Long one probably indeed as well. Uh, I mean, just starting it off, December 6th, brand new expansion is coming, March of the Lich King. Um, and with it, the Lich King is returning to Hearthstone uh, as a brand new class. I think the 11th now, if I can do my elementary math correctly here. Hearthstone now has 11 classes. Um, <laughs> if you guys haven't watched, they, they've done a whole bunch of blog, blog posts and, and videos revealing the new class. Highly recommend checking it out as like a really quick synopsis. But we're going to dive in, cover the, the basics here, uh, the highlights of the news, and, and then just kind of dive into some of the mechanics and what it might mean for Wild. Uh, but basically, Death Knight... Uh, let's start with the hero power, right? This is the most important thing, the class identity, right? Uh, hero powers, two mana, summon a 1-1 one, one, uh, with charge. Uh, again, obviously we'll make that one mana, 1-1 one, one with charge. And uh, Corb, I believe from you, the, the Baku upgrade, from what I've heard, is a 2-1 with charge. Uh, and all of these will die at the end of the turn, so it's not like just the power crap paladin hero power. Yeah, I'm really trying to find, like, where did I hear this? <laughs> because I heard it mentioned multiple times. Um, I can't find the source, but I don't know whether it was mentioned as a comment by a dev in, like, a Twitch chat or something, or, like, where it came from. But apparently it is the 2-1 the charge, um, which is probably, you know, quite a bit weaker than the um, if we got 2-1 ones. But it's always interesting, you know, whenever we get a new class. I mean, you know, only happened twice. <laughs> but what the what the Baku hero power is going to be. Because that can definitely be a huge game changer when we're talking about wild specifically. Yeah, and this time uh, we actually do get a, again, hero power and um, a ping, um, you know, with like a minion-based ping, I guess, that could play into some of the, the um, other cards, uh, potentially like uh, generating corpses, which is a new um resource mechanic in hearthstone so like it it's not just like a combination between or not just like a a, a regular ping it actually has some synergy with uh, what the class identity works with so it makes sense um and yeah i guess a 2-1 doesn't really make much difference over a 2-2 even if it's uh <laughs> you know if it's just gonna die at the end of turn anyway so um pretty cool looking forward to it uh again just uh I'm interested in other aspects more of uh, the Death Knight than just the hero power, but overall, um, an ex exciting announcement for sure. Oh, Ruffle, you're pretending you haven't played any even Demon Hunter. Like we just can't just gloss over that. I'm not okay. <laughs> not not by choice. Not by choice. <laughs> I hated every moment of it. Everything's a choice, Ruffle. You did that to yourself, is all I'm going to say. Um, 
you were, you're getting ahead of yourself a little bit, though. I know there's a lot more exciting stuff to talk about when it comes to Demon Hunter uh, or Demon Death Knight. I keep doing this thing where I keep calling it Demon Hunter because I'm so used to that being the new class. So I apologize in advance if I do this like 14 more times during the podcast. Uh, uh, Rafa, you, you alluded to corpses. Uh, corpses are a new resource mechanic. I do believe they are Death Knight specific only. Uh, so you're only going to see this little corpse counter pop up at the bottom of your mana crystal bar if you're playing uh, Death Knight. But basically, it tracks every time a minion dies, right? Any any minion at all, whether it's from your hero power or a minion from a card that you played, or if you played like a spell that generated minions and all four of them died, you get four corpses, blah, 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 blah. And basically, what that hap- means is a lot of your cards are augmented by the amount of corpses. So you can say, I'm going to cast this spell. It has like a baseline effect, but what you can do is you can use up to the corpses that you have stored up as in your little bar, and if you do... It has a bigger, better effect, right? Uh, and we'll talk about some of those cards today. Uh, and then we've kind of buried the lead here. We've got this whole brand new rune mechanic when it comes to Death Knight. And so basically, uh, you have these three runes when you come to deck building for Death Knight. Um, and when you're building your deck, you build any or you select any combination of runes, right? So you can pick three of one, you can pick one of each, or you can go two and one. Um, and so what this means is that uh, there are going to be a wide variety of cards in, in the Death Knight class, uh, and some of them are going to have different rune requirements in order to put them into your deck, right? So one of these cards, for example, Vampiric Blood, we'll talk about the effect later. Uh, basically, this is two mana, and in order to put it into your deck, you have to build three blood runes, which means you can't put any frost runes or the undead rune cards in your deck. Um, and so basically what this does is it opens up this whole host of variety when it comes to deck building. I think it allows them to build or print more kind of just uniquely powerful cards uh, for Death Knight without being worried about some unintended, you know, synergies uh, kind of offshoot uh, within them and kind of gives you a lever for balancing. Uh, And I think I did not do a great job explaining this, but uh, guys, we've got the three runes. How are you guys feeling about them? Uh, This is my favorite part of uh, of Death Knight because it adds an, an additional layer of deck building challenge for the class. Uh, for those that aren't familiar, um, runes and uh, the the three rune types are essentially like the specializations uh, associated with uh, the the Death Knight class in World of Warcraft. So it's very thematic. Uh, blood is very tanky. Uh, Frost is a little bit controlly and kind of like um, has some movement like gap closing mechanics whereas Unholy is about raising the dead. And so a lot of the cards fit that same theme. And um, you can kind of create a deck that uh, that follows those themes, takes components from one as maybe a bit of a support piece. Like uh, some of the some of the one rune cards seem to be more in line with just like something that you can splash in. Whereas if you go deep with like uh, Vampiric Blood, as uh, Meowth alluded to earlier, that like requires full on specialization and really requires like a lot of investment in in blood runes, so it's almost like classes within a class. The the way it works out, because uh, very much like when you build out a talent tree in World of Warcraft, you can specialize in certain things when you're building your deck. And so I like I'm very excited about this, but um, in the same way I was thinking about corpses, where um, you know before we do get too far away from that, like I would like it to see corpses now that they have this uh, secondary resource mechanic 
maybe down the line this could be something for like other class revamps that they could bring in like combo points for rogue a rage bar for warrior where you have to spend additional resources in in other classes as well so you know if they if they chose to maybe revamp some of the some of the classes not unlike they did with priest in the past but maybe at a deeper level that might be an opportunity and then the same thing applies to to the uh, the runes in in death knight is other classes don't have uh or it's not exclusive to death knight to have a specialization so it might be interesting if they you know like they introduce spell schools maybe down the line they wanted to introduce uh, deck specialization so you could have similar like um i don't know requirements for your for your deck building in other classes as well i think it's good to make it exclusive to death knight first of all to see if it's successful uh and something that players actually like as well as like you're introducing a new class you need to have some incentive for the the players to try it out so i think it's good to do it in a in a single class first and see how it takes but like i don't know that's that's something that would be very interesting to me uh down the line in other classes as well especially if it's as big of as a hit as i'm hoping it will be in in death knight because again it's another layer of challenge for the uh, the player when they're building a deck right now it's just kind of you have auto include cards and that really can't exist when you specialize in a in a certain rune in in death knight uh, as it stands yeah it seems like such a fun uh way to mix and match um you know obviously like very i guess magic-esque in in some ways you know uh where you can go mono red in the runes case like mono blood um or you could kind of like you know mix and match with other colors or in this case um runes so it seems really really cool uh, a lot of variety probably within the class um and yeah it does take away some of those auto include um type of cards i'm sure they could just rebalance things like if there is a card that doesn't auto include as a one of blood they can always just nudge it up maybe like two two bloods things like that and so it gives them like a lot of like just knobs that they can kind of turn if the if the class isn't going in a direction that they feel is you know positive um so yeah it's a great way to introduce so much variety within just one class and yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And like Rubble said, it's kind of like a building block for the future. So if they do decide to do something in the future, um, this being the the first iteration, uh, it should be a fun a fun thing to try out. So yeah, I really like that they're. Well, I mean, I've heard some complaints that it's kind of like too complicated, you know, because it is very different than what we've had in the past. But guys, we're like we're like nine years in the Hearthstone. Like it, it's all good. <laughs> we can we, we can do this. We kind of need complicated at, at like this stage in, in Hearthstone, right? If we want to keep, uh, you know, returning players engaged, and like that, that's often been one of the complaints uh, about Hearthstone. Like simplicity is great, but like things can get to the point where they are too simple, especially over time, because they become repetitive. And so this is this is, you know, different, new, challenging. It's good, in my opinion. But that's my opinion as a highly engaged player. I don't know how much of a turnoff this is going to be for like a uh, brand new player but i think that there is like a mandatory single player event that you have to do in order to unlock unlock the death knight cards so i'd hope that they kind of like introduce that as a uh, mini tutorial to the class to make sure that it's clear what those runes mean and how you use them so speaking of complexity let's uh let's dive into just kind of a little bit of the specifics of the runes themselves right so ruffle already kind of alluded to these but uh blood runes uh so the cards that are going to require a blood rune investment in demon hunter are going to be cards that have uh like your aoe spells so board control effects the the big beefy minions and then kind of like life loss life gain style of cards so basically blood 
blood runes are going to be kind of the controlling cards uh is what it seems like uh in death knight um and then frost runes uh so i guess this is the one that maybe deviates the most from kind of their identity in wow because they're kind of the spell casting portion uh of death knights so you're gonna have a lot of spell synergy kind of cards so a lot of direct damage spells uh and card draw mana refresh um Everybody's favorite effect, freezing, feels very, very mage-esque uh, when it comes to Death Knight. Uh, and then Unholy, so these are going to be your, like, tokens, reboard effects, spam for board style zoo cards, right, um, in the Death Knights. And so, speaking of, just like we we have every time we get a new class, which is only the second time, but still still a lot... Um, we have a bunch of bunch of cards that they released to kind of make up for the fact that they're going to be so far behind everybody else, um, and so they're going to have a thirty-two card core set, uh, and then they're going to have uh, a special set of cards, which feels uh, what was what was this called in um, for the death Knight, the, or Demon Hunter the initiate yeah yeah yeah, um, and so this is going to be Path of Arthas. You're going to have twenty-six more cards, and then you're going to have all the cards that come in the actual expansion. So, like, we're going to see 68, I think, was the number uh, of total cards uh, for Death Knight. So, ooh, the, these card reads are going to get even longer. Lo- love to see that. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and then the, the next big thing with Death Knights, you get a whole lot of this raising of the dead. And so, at the very beginning of the year, they teased that we were going to get this keyword that was going to be coming back and be become an evergreen keyword. Um, and then in this expansion, we kind of got confirmation that that is going to be reborn, which is very fitting for the uh, the new set. And so you're going to see a lot of cards that have these, uh, you know, with the reborn key uh, keyword. And so just a reminder, what that is, is that when a minion dies, it comes back uh, with one health. Uh, so basically, death rattle resummon this with one health. Um, and then the, another kind of mechanic that's going to be uh, going along with this is the uh, if a minion died since your last turn. So it's not a, a very clean sounding word, but basically um, if you trade off your minion uh, or the opponent kills the minion on your turn or on their turn, sorry, then you're going to have these cards that have a bonus effect, right? So for example, we have this card in Ruby and Flyer. Uh, if a friendly unborn died, or undead died during your last turn, summon a 2-2. Um, and so you're going to get these kind of bonus effects. And we'll dive into these a little bit as we go through the individual cards, but just kind of back to you guys. Reborn and this new if something died last turn. Uh, how do you guys feel about it? How do you guys think it's going to play in with just kind of the general power level of our format? Um, as always with the, any mechanic, it will really depend on like the quality of of the cards like what is the the payoff for the like if a minion dies um how good are the reborn minions the one good thing that i will say um about reborn coming back is that um you know making mummies was a quest in paladin that was uh you know sort of uh a casualty of a parasitic mechanic in reborn which was something that like was highly visible for a single set and then just disappears right so it's it's a build around that um, you're required to have a lot of reborn cards in, but you don't have a lot of choices within that reborn uh, option because of the fact that they never reintroduced reborn. So now with Death Knight bringing that back, um, 
I, I doubt it gives any hope for making mummies, but like it's a it's kind of a fun, you know, silly quest that like people liked, but like you can't play it because like especially if you want to make it a Renathal deck, you're not going to ever complete the quest. So um, you know, that that's neat. Um, you know, if they bring in more, you know, non reborn but reborn build around cards, that might be um you know, a, a good thing for reborn coming back. Uh, there is uh, also another mechanic. So um, within the set, it's kind of the um, battle between the Blood Elves and um, in Shatrath City, I believe, uh, in, um, against the, the Undead, uh, which is a new minion type. And um, the Undead tend to have that if a friendly minion or Undead dies. Um, or the the reborn effect, whereas uh, the the blood elves have uh, mana thirst, which is a new mechanic. Um, basically, it's mana thirst and then a number, and then it gives a bonus effect uh, if you have that much mana uh, when you cast a spell. So you get maybe a little bit rewarded for holding a spell, or maybe top decking a low cost spell late in the game is a little bit less punishing. Um, so that will be interesting to see. And that that one personally is a, a little bit more appealing to me just because it's like um i don't know maybe it's the way that the if a friendly undead died after your turn like that's there's got to be a better way way to to phrase that right like we that if, if there's ever a place for a keyword that 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 could be it <laughs> like um so i don't like um the kind of like with the um some of the sets we've seen in the past there's like a, a splitting of the classes um to either side or either of those two factions um so we'll see how those play out both of them again as always depend a little bit on the the card quality but um there's multiple interesting things going on with it within the set between like those three different uh, mechanics being pushed so i'm interested to see how they play out but for me personally uh mana thirst looks the most appealing the um the hope for dk right like that was the main question the um i, I mean i never really have a ton of hope for like the new class in wild um new, new mechanics you know right? like oh the, the new mechanics for sure yeah um yeah yeah i guess i guess it depends because uh like what dk would need for something like this right would be just ways to like leverage the multiple minions dying so like things like patches right like that's what makes patches kind of being an undead now um kind of appealing you know because uh there might be some synergy there that otherwise doesn't exist in standard so yeah, uh, it's kind of some interesting stuff going on, but again, it's always like a matter of what are we actually going to see once we start seeing all the cards, because there's so many different directions being pushed <laughs> within the one class that, um, you know, and like you said, it's, it's 68 cards, like, it's just going to be kind of overwhelming to even judge all this, um, you know, before we see everything, but I mean, it should make theory crafting really, really fun. Yeah, it's kind of information overload, like uh, Corb is yeah. saying that there's there's a lot going on <laughs> in just a single announcement yeah i mean we've been talking for this long and it's all there's like three different blog posts that are kind of all over the place like we haven't even i haven't even mentioned like you, you guys have alluded to it but like undead brand new minion type right <laughs> in addition to everything else that's been announced um yeah new undead minion type i think this was something people were asking for for a while it's coming out with the the death knight class makes makes a lot of thematic sense of course uh it's also being kind of retroactively applied to a bunch of other cards. Um, and also related to that, since they went back and did that, we're also getting dual class uh, tribes, which is something that people have also been asking for for a long time. Um, and so 
we'll, we'll go into it when we're talking about the individual cards themselves. Um, but you've got a lot of mi- cards now that are like Elemental Mechs or Elemental Beast or Undead Pirates, um, which actually opens up a lot more of these kind of tribal synergies uh, in a lot of other classes, um, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, I actually personally think that the the impact of this is pretty minor and, in fact, potentially detrimental because it's going to mess up some discover pools um, with, like, very, very few exceptions. I think it's, like, I, I think it's a thing that people wanted, so absolutely it's a good thing. And, but I think it actually makes a lot of, like, um, decks centered around minion, specific minion types worse just because, like... Um, you know, amount your amalgam of the deep gets worse if you're, you know, trying to discover dragons or something. The like the you might get some really bad uh, minion types in there, like demons. Uh, b- being able to discover patches now if, is kind of bad. Adding random any type of minion type to your hand is probably worse now because like it's less likely to be the t- you know the specific one that you wanted or um, even the primary type that you wanted um for for your deck but um again it's something people wanted so it's i'm glad that they added it it makes sense with uh in term like thematically and i think the 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 difference is negligible either way yeah i mean i think it's weighing i feel like a lot of the discover a minion type cards are already not great in wild because of the discover pool um and so i think the fact that cards just baseline having the, the second tribe opens up things that you can abuse in deck building, which I think overrides kind of the ruining of the discover pool. But obviously I, I don't really know, right? Like we're, we're not, I didn't see any new totems, right? When I look through these really, really quickly. And so it kind of makes the one really big discover card, not that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, I also, we haven't taken a super deep look at them yet and we'll do that later today. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just all the, brand new stuff that got kind of thrown at us um in addition to obviously uh we got some standard related news right to to help celebrate the announcement knights of the frozen throne is back in standard um obviously this doesn't really affect us at all because they didn't do any buffs when they brought all these cards to standard which is a little bit of a letdown personally not gonna lie um but uh the big thing was big priest is a playable thing in standard right illuminated to shadow uh... essence pulling an Ept- pulling an eptalon is a thing that you can play a lot of people were hype about it. Yeah, you can play it. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people were hyped because they were like, "Oh, this is gonna be broken." Because this is what we're doing in Wild, and so it'll totally finally get Illuminate Shadow Essence nerfed. Um, yeah, Corb, do you want to bring people back down a little bit to earth and ruin their expectations? Yeah, it's not very good. Um, <laughs> there's, uh, it turns out, you know, that Wild has a lot more going on. You know, with the the palm reading and the visions and the spellstones and the blood of Gahoon. Um, basically, look, turn three Neptulon, very broken in standard. Um, but the thing is, it doesn't happen that much. And it doesn't happen enough uh, to, like, elevate the deck. So it's very stupid when it happens. I think every standard players are agreed on that. Um, but the people are kind of moving past because Big Priest looks like tier four. So if this was the thing that people were, you know, hoping would get Big Priest nerfed, I don't think it's going to happen. There, um, there are not a lot of playable uh, Knight of the Frozen Throne cards in standard right now. Shocker. Turns out the game has a very different power level now than it did uh, five years ago. <laughs> yeah, and um, 
the just to reiterate the, the big priest thing, I think it's like revealing just how strong of a card palm reading is in that deck for getting you online when you don't high roll, because as Corp mentioned, you don't high roll um, every game, so, or n not even most games. So um, having that bit of extra speed to get you there, as well as the redundancy with like idle and uh, more res effects. Plus, I, I think an underrated aspect is uh, the ability to copy Nepshalon and really add a, like basically a way to just step on the gas even harder um, when you do get the Nepshalon out early. So um, yeah, the, there's some hopium early on from people such as myself included, but it uh, doesn't look like that's going to pan out. Realistically, it was only going to be there for a month anyway. So like if it was problematic... It would have been easier just to like kick them all all those cards back to wild than uh, do a change anyway. So like, it was probably never going to happen. I think they've said that as well. I I can't remember exactly which dev talked about it, but they've said that in events like this, after the initial doom of the tomb, they're going to be much quicker to just like pull things if it's a problem. Just like two weeks in, if it's looking bad, one week in, just rip it. Um, rather than probably doing the whole nerve thing. But yeah, there's really not much in standard going on. There's like ice fishing, spreading plague, still good. You guys know that already. Um, and there's like a couple other things, but it's like literally four four or five cards that are relative. Defile, baby, uh, defile, Zach. Oh, defile, that's that's the other one, yeah. How did I forget about defile? I never forget about defile. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's about it. Yeah, now, now when I play around defile and standard, it's actually for good reason and not just because I've been conditioned from all my years uh -huh. playing wild, right? Um, so yeah, uh, again, not really a big impact on the wild format with that coming back. I'm actually very surprised they didn't buff things a little bit, right? Mm. Especially with all the teasers that we were getting on Twitter and everything, and then like, you're bringing back these Death Knights, you're trying to get people hype, and then none of the t nine are playable, right? I, I, I think uh, that w the workload involved in buffing things on top of releasing an entire new yeah, class with right. uh, you know 60 plus cards plus a new expansion all at the same time uh just like i'm sure they would have loved to to buff them but like i, I imagine it was just a, a an issue of time and uh, yeah as we talked about previously buffing cards is uh is risky so yeah even if it's only there for a month for standard players uh, we get it a lot longer so um it, they would have had they would have had to rush it and or delay the expansion and either way like I, I don't think either of those is optimal for <laughs> for us as a wild player base yeah if they're gonna do the entire expansion then i wouldn't have expected buffs like if that's what i thought was happening um because i don't think that makes very much sense like if you bring back the entire expansion the selecting out a couple of cards and like buffing them feels a little strange um but if it was just the death knights then i, I could have seen it but that's obviously not what they did so you know that that is what it is I think, yeah, and even doing that with like just the Death Knights would have not made them any more, some of them any more playable in standard. Like, if you don't have big demons to bring back with Gul'dan, mm. you don't care that it costs like four or less mana, even. Like, if you don't have any elementals with Jaina, you don't care if her hero power is, you know, improved in some manner or her mana cost is reduced. Like, you, you still need some of the, the synergistic cards that went with those death knights if just those death knights are coming in so even then like that's not really going to be a uh, a thing that brings them into standard playability yeah all right so last i guess few comments about the the expansion itself before we dive into some of the cards uh there's a bunch of brand new cosmetics and types of cards um and, and legendary portraits and all that kind of stuff all the information 
uh, is up on blog posts and stuff like that. We're not going to dive into those too deep. Um, again, coming out December 6th. And then the last thing, uh, as we transition into talking about new stuff, uh, the Sunwell. So this is our, our free legendary. We get one every expansion. Uh, last expansion, we got Renathal, um, which was very game-changing, I think. And we, we've had a history of a couple of game-changing free legendaries over the past couple of years. Um, this one is a neutral spell, the first one ever. Um, and it's, I will say, it's kind of the complete opposite uh, of Prince Renathal when it comes to impact. Uh, and that might be putting it a little bit nicely here. Uh, nine mana holy spell, fill your hand with random spells, cost one less for each other card in your hand. So basically, you have an empty hand. This cost nine mana fills your hand with random spells. These are spells from every class. They're not just going to be major priest spells, which I think is actually a little bit of a downside. Um, yeah. Uh, but then if you have a full hand, this costs a lot of, uh, a lot less. Costs you know one or two mana, but then you're not getting a ton of value at it. So it's a little little bit of a weird card. Um, and I, I think I've never seen it cast against me. Uh, and I've only seen streamers playing it. So I'm not sure how impactful we, uh, we think it's going to be. It's one of the worst cards I've ever put in my deck on purpose. Like it's it's horrendously bad. Like That's for the, the yeah for the for the exact reason that you just said. It's just like there is never a time where I'm like, yeah, playing this is gonna be great right now. <laughs> like every single time, it's like, do I have to play Sunwell? Like I I, I guess so. I, I I either need to dump cards, so I might as well just throw away the Sunwell and hopefully whatever comes out of it. Or it's just like, I don't have another strong turn, so just play a Sunwell, I guess. And then, like, I'm never happy about doing it. It feels bad. It feels like, it always feels like, and then you get into this, like, weird bargaining position where you're like, well, maybe next turn it'll be better. And then you end up holding it for way too long. So it's a card that sits in your hand, which you're upset about because you want to play cards in a card game. And then when you do play it, you're just like, wow, that was really bad. Uh, especially with a broad card pool like in Wild. Um, and then, best yet, you can actually discover this with things like Renew, with Palm Reading. Um, so this, like, this, like if you're discovering a spell, it can be the Sunwell um, it, because it's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a neutral card, so it's like it's, it's a spell available to your class. Um, so for whatever that's worth, like you can absolutely discover the Sunwell. I wouldn't recommend it because it's got to be one of the worst holy spells I've ever played in my in my life. Uh, but you know, it's probably better than like a complete game breaking um, Kalefoss type uh, early release. So maybe not the end of the world. I, I understand why they chose this one in terms of like first legendary spell, but it's a little bit disappointing in just how bad of a like it's just a card that feels bad to play and have in your deck is really what it comes down to i wouldn't know because i haven't played it or put it in my deck so <laughs> but uh i wouldn't i think it. like wouldn't, wouldn't recommend i think in the future it's kind of like i can see this being a playable card um like you wouldn't actually hard cast it like i'm not telling you to go play it from hand but uh I can see something if there's like an allure type effect where you just get to play it and get a full hand. Or like, I don't know, maybe that's valuable down the road. And the fact that it is neutral means that, hey, it's a possibility. But then again, it isn't standard. So we're probably at least a year and a half away from any game-breaking synergy with this card. So just put it away, forget about it. Maybe we can revisit in a couple of years. <laughs> oh, God. It's... My, my thing was like Spiteful Summoners, like the one thing that's interesting to me with this. But then you're like, 
purposely playing spiteful summon in your deck which is another issue on its own and then you run into the issue that a lot of nine drops are real yeah. bad like, <laughs> yeah like the, the like, thing is like eight or ten right is like the, the sweet yeah. spot and then seven yeah, and nine are always the really bad ones you rip a dragon hatcher off of one of these bad boys and you Ooh. you immediately disenchant it only to find out that you can't actually do that because it's a free card <laughs> uh, i'm i'm fine taking one expansion off though for the broken freebie legendary you know we've yeah. had like a carny renathal like it's whatever like we can chill this time yeah all right so that being said that's a really bad one uh let's dive into all of the cards that have been revealed uh, in the first little week and i think a reveal season actually starts um the day that this podcast comes out on the 7th so we're gonna have a lot of cards to talk about over the next couple of episodes which is always really fun uh let's start with uh all the the really easy ones because all of the classes have gotten one or two cards revealed and then we'll circle back to, to death knight as we talk about 40 cards um so let's start with uh demon hunter uh so demon hunter the first card that we saw revealed was a five mana fell spell called deal with the devil summon two three three fell fiends with lifesteal if your deck has no other minions, summon another. Or has no minions, summon another. So basically, it seems like Spell Demon Hunter um, is going to be something that they're pushing this uh, this expansion. Uh, so basically, 5 mana 6-6. Six, six. Um, if your deck has no minions, 5 mana 9-9. Nine, nine. Um, given that this is the very first time that we're going to see Spell Demon Hunter uh, as, a, as a thing, uh, I'm a little bit spooked about spell quality i think in wild when it comes to demon hunter uh but i also don't play a lot of the class so i'll kind of defer to you guys here about y'all's impression about this card and kind of just maybe even spell demon hunter obviously this is maybe one uh, of the of the big payoffs that we're gonna see yeah i think it'll depend a little bit on the payoffs uh relic demon hunter is already kind of like a you know thing in standard fringe playable in wild and that's heavily spell based this is a fell spell so it pairs with jace you could maybe do like a um 40 card spell based deck with like renathal jace and zymox as your only minions um you know the thing about relics is they're kind of token based anyway and that like the big payoff is the uh uh the summon two minions this plays right into this this is a fell spell for jace so it's repeatable even if you, when you play them the first time, when you play the Jace, that likely means you've drawn your minions. So like, there's some, there's some options for this. Uh, but like you said, I think that just a single card, as we saw with like to my side early on, is probably not enough to justify not having minions in your deck at all. This one I could see being beneficial simply because it is a, a fell spell. Uh, so late game with Jace, it has some, I, I think, some potential just as like. Yeah, I'll take a five mana six six so that late in the game I have you know a free set of nine nines to close out the game with Jace because like Jace I think is over time going to maybe almost get there in wild just if we increase the the quality of fell spells and so um, I don't know if this one will cut it but like I that's always where my mind goes because I want Jace to work because like it, it's just short a little bit of damage I think uh, in order to like start getting there a little bit more reliably yeah i um i i definitely like the idea of you know a, a full fell deck with just jace as the only minion I, I think one thing though that i'm slowly realizing that i'm kind of have to recalibrate is that multiple three threes for five mana are not actually good <laughs> like i think we've got a learning this with um everyone was really hyped about that what was it the shaman card where it would 
play an extra 3-3 for every, like, spell school that you'd played. Um, remember that card, guys? Remember how it was, like, a four or five stars and it saw absolutely zero play whatsoever? Uh, you, I think you, it might have been in our, like, top five most powerful cards. One of us, perhaps. You, you don't understand, Corb. These have lifesteal now. Yeah, they do. They do have lifesteal. And, like, that's that's cool, but, like, it's not as strong as you might think at a first glance. And uh, no, I think right. we all have fond memories of the Hunter Spellstone. But even the Hunter Spellstone these days, if you get all four, it's still not, like, insane. Um, it's, like, it's fine. Yeah. but It's still two turns later than a petting zoo. Yeah. yeah. All right. So it looks like we're going to need some stronger payoffs here that, uh, to be incentivized to play some, some spell Demon Hunter. All right, let's move into Druid. Uh, Druid has one card revealed, and it's a 2-mana two 2-3 two, undead minion called Nerubian Flyer. Uh, Battlecry, if a friendly undead minion has died after your last turn, summon a 2-2 two, two Nerubian. Uh, so undead minions are going to be kind of limited to the four, five or six classes that have aligned themselves with the Death Knight. Um, so it seems like Druid is one of those classes. Uh, and so it's going to get a little bit of undead support plus all the neutral stuff. Um, and so if a friendly undead has died, summon an additional 2-2. So it's, if you have a strong one-mana undead minion, like a, uh, I think it's Mermy, right, is, is one of the ones coming to mind. It's a one-mana undead minion. Yeah, Patches is not a much undead. better one. Patches is not undead. Pat he's, he's a demon pirate. He's not an undead pirate. Oh, is he demon? Oh, get I thought he was undead. Up. Yeah. Oh, I was so excited. Yep, no. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. This whole time I've had it in my head that he was an undead, and I was really excited about these cards, and now I'm a lot less excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, okay, I'm just like looking through the, the neutral ones. You got Mermy, you have Haunted Creeper. The the two little one ones that it summons are now undead beasts, which is relevant for a couple of things. Um uh, I I'm still looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. that's all I got. Uh, so we're going to be relying on, on Mermy and, and some, some neutral minions. but So it looks like it's probably not going to be a 2-mana 4-5 ever, uh, but more in the mid-game, it's a 2-mana 4-5 um, for, for I, aggro decks. But. I think it needs to be a turn 2-4-5 for it to be playable, so it's going to heavily depend on the number of uh, available um, undead at the 1-mana slot because I like you can't get by with just a, a Mermy as, as your activator. I'm sure that there will be some 1-mana undead minions but i don't think there will be enough uh at least in the set to make it happen uh because like basically all of the one mana minions that get revealed and are available to druid in the set would need to be undead for this to be like a reliable uh card build around card and um you know i, I but so i i'm not getting my hopes up on this one um undertaker <laughs> Huh? No? Okay. Uh, is, he yeah, undead? is he undead? Um, I believe so. He doesn't have the tag, but I think there's kind of something going on where a lot of these cards, they aren't tagged, but if you filter them on the website, they still pop up. So yeah, it's, that... it's things like it's things like Astral Tiger, right? Like in Druid. If you it, it shows up for Beast, but it doesn't actually have the tag yet. So I think there's going to be a whole lot more than what you see. You actually just have to filter them, and then I think they all pop up. Okay. Right. So, yeah. they, they had mentioned that they're working on, like, uh, backfilling some of the older cards and it's going to take some time to to get there yeah yeah so we actually won't be able to see until expansion day or or maybe until the uh, the website gets updated significantly um to make a kind of final judgment on this call but like Rumble said i think if it is a two mana four five i think it's 
really strong. If it's not consistently a two mana four or five on turn two, I, I think it's kind of unplayable. So time will tell. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move into into Hunter. Uh, we have one card called Arcane Quiver, two mana Arcane spell. Discover a spell from your deck. If it's an Arcane, give it spell damage plus one. Uh, so Arcane Hunter. Uh, looks like it's going to get a little bit of support here. Uh, I guess my question to you is, I, I do not remember all of the spells that we ran in something like Quest Hunter, um, or even like Face Hunter, but uh, is the kind of arcane support there uh, when it comes to Hunter? I don't. I also don't think that there's any world in which you would play this in a like a, a Face Hunter deck. Like I, I guess it's three mana deal three draw a card if you're planning on getting arcane shot but this feels like a control hunter like an aoe type effect right like you want this to be paired with like a grievous bite type thing um and like obviously they're gonna print stuff because i don't know if it's just arcane shot (laughs) is what they're thinking about on this one It, it can't possibly just be arcane shot all right, moving into Mage. Finally, have two cards to talk about. Let's start with Arcane Defenders, eight mana Arcane spell. Summon two five six golems with taunt, and can't be targeted by spells or hero powers. So eight mana ten twelve golems with taunt. Um, I think if you're not cheating this out, especially in wild, uh, nowhere close to good enough. But I guess is this even worth cheating out over some of the other spells that we have in wild? Oh, better. No. Better than Power of Creation as your um, arcane spell in eh, most of the time, yeah. Okay. I'll take it. Would. Yeah. If you're doing like a big spell mage and you want like an arcane spell for uh, like Magister John Grasp to, to replay, I think this might be okay. Because it's a little bit more like reliable in what you're getting. You're getting two five drops instead of two six drops, basically, but like they're higher quality five drops i don't know it's probably unplayable i i would be very surprised if it wasn't all right next up we have arcane bolt uh one mana arcane spell deal two damage if you have eight mana so mana thirst eight deal three damage instead um i feel like in the decks that want a one mana deal two one mana deal three you're, you're not trying to get to eight mana so i'm not sure how good this is going to be in a class that has like Frostbolt, Ice Lance, stuff like that. I mean, it's just a better arcane shot. And so, like, if we still had APM Mage, it might be a consideration oh. there. Like, I, 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 I know, I'm sorry, Corb. But, like, if there's a, if there are wankers running around, that would be a very good card at zero mana with uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice. Um, are we talking about the card or the players? So, using APM mage? Uh, yes. Um, Ouch. But, yeah, it's a, I don't know if it's a main deck card, but, like, it's one that you're not upset about discovering in a, in a lot of instances. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to be really upset when your quest mage opponent gets this and, like, removes your minion um, or whatever they're, they're doing. Like, it efficiently completes the quest, so that's kind of spooky. Do we know that if this, like, when it transforms with Mana Thirst, does it count as a new card? Is it transforming into a new card? Or is it, like, infused where it's technically still the same one that started in your deck, so it doesn't progress stuff like West Mage? I, I don't think it's either. I think it just has an upgraded effect when you're at 8 mana, is my understanding. Like, I don't think it swaps into a new card, so it wouldn't 
like naturally progress the quest if that's what you're getting at that that is what i was getting at and yeah. okay yeah makes sense um okay let's move into paladin uh let's start with our first legendary uh so far and that is blood matriarch liadrin two mana three two after you summon a minion with less attack than this give it divine shield and rush um I'm thinking about this in some cult arms paladin where you're really, really sad when this is the last minion you pull off a of cult arms. Um, because normally you're really sad uh, when you pull it, life juggler, but it's much worse. It won't make a difference. It won't make a difference, will it? Or... Well, it makes a difference oh, with wait. life juggler. Oh, right. Knife juggler. Yeah, you're totally right. I always get confused with the after and whenever uh, type thing. But yeah. Is knife juggler after or whenever? Yeah, <laughs> knife juggler is after, so it will work the same way as, uh, as yeah. juggler. So the order will matter. I think if it were whenever, the order wouldn't matter. And even if it came last, it would uh, happen. Maybe I'm just making that up. But it definitely will matter uh, what order you pull it in. And the, yeah, as soon as I, like, when this card was just first revealed, um, I just kind of, like, looked at it and, like, oh, that's a neat effect. And then as you were reading it aloud, Meowth has, like, oh, my God, call to arms. And uh, <laughs> I got scared. It's also an even cost card. So call to arms goes in even paladin as well. Um yeah, there's a, I'm a lot higher on this card than I was initially. The The problem is is that it is a legendary, so you can only run one of. Meaning you're not going to hit it off of Cold Arms a lot of the time, right? Because you're going to hit the, the other minions that you included instead. But uh, the high roll potential is definitely there. Yeah, uh, seems good. Uh, Divine Shield Crab Rider, Divine Shield Weblord. Um, those sound annoying. I like those. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, some Divine Shield watch post as well. Ooh, sounds hot. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's totally getting reverted to a 2-4. Um, and then Hold on, next... hear me out. Hear me out. Divine Shield Anoyatron and Divine Shield Righteous Protector. Yo. There we go. That sounds pretty Spicy. hot, actually. Yeah. On it, honestly, I think the rush is like as important, yeah. if not more important, than, uh, um, than, than the Divine Shield for a lot of those, just because like... The, the reason Knife Juggler used to be such a terror in Call to Arms decks in the past is because it would, like, snipe the board down and swing it back into your favor. You can do that now with this card a little bit more reliably and having control over it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a really oh. big fan of this card, especially with, like, that in that Katori Aggro Paladin as well. Um, like, giving Katori Divine Shield as well seems pretty sweet. I wonder if there's anything interesting you can do with Divine Shield stuff now. Like... You know, the recently buffed Haunted Creeper. Like, I don't know if that's already on the board. You can trade and then give little guys Rush Divine Shield. Probably not, but, you know, it's the thought. Yeah. It'll it'll be interesting to mess around with. I think I think she will be impactful in Call to Arms decks specifically, but I think she will be, like, impactful in them. Uh, and the next up we have for Kelthalos, I believe is how that's pronounced, um, which is a two-mana holy spell. Give a friendly minion plus three attack. Give your hero plus two attack this turn that is a lot of damage for a two mana holy spell that can get discounted that that is two mana plus five uh which is kind of insane um am i wrong in thinking that this card is going to be kind of busted yeah this is another one that i misread uh i thought both <laughs> effects were only for this turn and then again when i reread it uh, in preparation i was a little bit ahead of you this time yeah i was like wait that's two mana <laughs> deal five and then three of it just kind of stays there. Um, so, yeah, this is this probably is just running the same decks that you're going to run the Blood Matriarch Liadrin in, um, or at least similar decks. Throw this on a Crab Rider, 
that crab rider maybe has a divine shield good good luck like it's it's conviction but like a little bit more reliable in terms of like where the the buff lands that seems kind of scary seems really 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 good like i think this card is so strong um like yeah talking we mentioned even paladin as well like i think even paladin is probably the, the card sorry the deck that kind of wants this the most just because uh, even Paladin can struggle a little bit if it gets sort of caught behind on board, and that little two damage hit, that can mean all the world difference. Um, especially as well in turn three, being able to like hear a power and then always have a target for just one mana is very useful. But yeah, just like Crab Rider decks in general, like, you know, two mana deal five, how about two mana deal eight? Like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's really, really good. So, super busted card. It's not Conviction, but Meowth, you might have a new favorite here. Yeah, nothing, nothing really is Conviction, but like, I... I've been playing a little bit of that Katori Agra Paladin. Um, and so, like, I, I've played a lot of this Paladin deck, and I think, like, this in combination with stuff like Katori is kind of insane. It's so disgusting with Katori. Like, yeah. this is just filthy. Two mana plus six, and then you give your hero four attack to kill something or go face. Like, it's it's insane. Yeah, um, yeah big I fan of this card, uh, for sure. One more thing to note, uh, fact, the fact that it's a holy spell, uh, not just reduction from uh carryall but like if you get a high enough density of holy spells are we getting to a point where like it makes sense to order in the court garden's grace um in that type of deck with katori as well because that's like that's getting spooky if you can throw some buffs i don't know if katori double reduces the garden's grace but like you're the you're incentivized to run some quite a bit of uh holy spells in that type of deck anyway and then the first Garden's Grace makes the second one free regardless, so it's getting kind of spooky after, uh, you know, and maybe getting close to being, um, you know, a real possibility. Yeah, I mean, I'm running Garden's Grace in the Katori deck already. I don't know if I'm supposed to be, but, like, definitely am now with uh, with this brand new card. Kind of excited for some of the other synergy. It looks like they're pushing kind of an aggro paladin-style set here uh at least with the first two cards that we're, we're looking at so uh keep an eye out on stuff like agro paladin um basically any call to arms paladin style deck uh tax paladin agro paladin even paladin uh looks like they might be getting some support here um uh in march of the lich king all right uh no priest cards no rogue cards let's hop over to shaman we've got death weaver aura two mana shadow spell give a minion death rattle summon two three two zombies overload one uh, i believe this is the first shadow spell for shaman that seems like remotely playable. Oh. I think. Oh, oh this seems visions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I say remotely. I, I'm not sure if this is actually playable. Um but potentially opening stuff up stuff like multicaster in Shaman uh is is interesting. Um you also have the possibility you used to do this like the little spell damage mount where you would play this in something like even Shaman, play it on a totem and then summon it with splitting axe um probably too cute but uh i mean it's two mana death rattle summon a six four but it is delayed value uh instead of immediate impact which is which is kind of my issue with the card i mean you could get immediate value if you just break it that that turn right so like it's basically three mana summon uh two three two zombies um it doesn't give stats, so it doesn't allow you to trade up, but allows you to, like, uh, trade 
straight up with something and then still maintain a board lead if you already had one going into it. So it allows you, it doesn't allow you necessarily to gain a board lead, but it might allow you to solidify one that you have or go from a point of being even to essentially ahead. Um, it is an even cost card and, you know, does have an outside potential with, uh, um, like splitting X and copying effects. So maybe there's some cute synergies there. It's definitely one to keep an eye on. I think it'll maybe like if there's some additional even cost, uh, like undead type effects in, in Shaman, it might be worth looking at because the zombies are likely going to be undead themselves. Um, but like, I don't know, like even Shaman is a pretty tight list right now. So I, like, I don't know what you would cut to make room for this. Yeah, the, the multicaster even Shaman dream um, it's tempting, but I don't think this is good enough. Maybe if it was summoning two, three, two totems, uh, we could be talking. But I don't think I don't think it's gonna make it into any like wild shaman decks right now. Hey, look, you got you got crackle and frostbites and some devolves, and and now you throw in a deathweaver aura and some multicasters. Sounding hot? No? Oh, okay. I, I'm trying. I I want to play multicaster in a deck that's not quest mage. That's that's the dream. But even shaman Kadro, man, like it's a. Uh, it's so desirable. It's, you don't need to draw cards when you're just pressing the button every turn, and that those <laughs> buttons eventually become like horrifying threats. Um, so, but when you can press the button and draw cards at the same time, then that's the dream, right? No, you don't need uh, you don't need but, card drawn even shaman. But I, but I want it. All right, I don't I don't want this card. Uh, Unliving champion, uh, three mana three two undead. Battle cry: If a friendly undead died after your last turn, summon two three two zombies. So. Undead minion has to die uh, on your turn or on your opponent's previous turn. God, I really wish this was a keyword. Inst you get you get a three mana nine six. Um, again, I, I don't know what the hoops are really to jump through for shaman, as we don't really know a lot of the other undead cards that are out there. Um, it, it is a lot of stats though for for three mana if you can't trigger it. it it is a three mana nine six very scion of ruin vibes without the rush yeah the rush was a big part of why scion of ruin was good though um but like it clearly seems that they're pushing like a zombie shaman type uh archetype this set and um you know going wide with tokens like this does play into infuse which is a mechanic that we just saw that has some potential um you know you've got things like the uh the piranha swarmers as well so i don't know maybe there's something something close to being there we'll have to see what the rest of the cards are but like these seem kind of eh, disappointing so far it's just piles of stats which is not a thing that's good enough in wild especially when they're conditional yeah the uh the <laughs> the current wild undead pool for shaman isn't really giving me life either um i don't know if burlock by itself is really going to be able to carry this octet. You've also hey. got Mermy. Yeah. And, then, and you could ice fishing both the Mermy and the Burlock. Ooh. To Undead Murloc Shaman? Yeah. Let's go. Dual Tribe? The first ever Dual Tribe <laughs> archetype? Oh, gosh. Uh, what are we doing? Um, all right. Let's move into uh, some... Warrior. <laughs> yeah. We're moving into Warrior here. Uh, Embers of Strength. Two mana fire spell. Uh, summon two one two guards with taunt. Uh, mana thirst six. So once you get to six mana, you give them plus one plus two. Uh, so after turn six, it's a two mana four eight. Pr 
prior to that is a two mana one four across two bodies with taunt so obviously your your bolster synergy uh also works in your your big recruit warrior style decks uh or even recruit warrior because it is two mana um because you know spells in the early game they give you bodies to not die so that you can get to your recruit cards equals good um Raffle, I think I'm going to have to refer to you here when it comes to, to Bolster Warrior and Big Warrior because uh, I know you have maybe not a lot of experience, but it's definitely more experience than I think the two of us do. I think I would venture to say I have some of the most experience in, in Bolster Warrior decks. Um, like, First of all, I'd like to give some very high-level analysis based on uh, what I'm reading on this card. So um, if Goldshire Footman is ready for action, baseline... This card is readier for action. And then if you get Mana Thirst, I think it is readiest for action. And um, so based on that alone, five-star card. Um, but a little bit more seriously, I think that, like, um, Bolster, uh, like, Taunt Warrior doesn't want to run the quest. So making token minions into Bolster is good. But I think you still, like, the deck gets better with, like, the glory chaser into a bunch of low cost taunt minions drawing them with like um so that you turn through your deck and then either like hand buff them or throw down a bolster so i don't i don't know that this card does anything other than maybe like keep you alive a little bit in in a big warrior deck but even then it's basically the the tiny turtles card which is better in druid because it can be aoe buffed yeah, the uh, Bolster Warrior isn't actually Bolster Warrior. It's Into the Fray Warrior. Um, and this can't be buffed with Into the Fray. So, uh, yeah. I am interested, though, the fact that they are like pushing this taunt mm -hmm. stuff again in, in Warrior. Because I've you know long been a believer that, that Into the Fray can actually carry a aggro taunt warrior in Wild. Um, we just haven't got there yet. But if they're dipping their toes in there one more time, um, this time for sure, it's going to be a, a very powerful R-type in this upcoming expansion, I'm sure. I like... There was a time where I felt like it was pretty close when it, Glory yeah. Chaser first came out. Like, to the front, Glory Chaser is pretty ridiculous uh, at times. And, like, just churning through your deck, playing the Into the Fray, and... Yeah, it feels good. All right. Next up is the the card that's totally going to help you into the Frey Warrior. It is Silver Fury Stalwart. Stalwart? Uh, six mana, four, eight. Taunt, rush, can't be targeted by spells or hero powers. It's a pretty good card to buff with, with something like Into the Fray, but it is six mana. Yeah, that's a, a lot of mana. Of mana. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's uh, Amani Warbear. Like <laughs> you guys remember that card, right? That was a seven mana five seven taunt rush. Um, like, this is obviously a lot better than that, but yeah, six mana. Um, bit sad. So probably not going to be like like if if this is a card, it's a standard card because whatever version of Taunt Warrior is going to be a thing in Wild, it's going to have to be like very aggressive. Um, yeah. So yeah, this ain't it. Yep, and that's the fact that it needs to be aggressive is also why I don't think the quest is good in the deck. I think you just want to like make your opponent's hero explode without relying on rolling rag shots. All right, so let's hop over to the uh, the neutral cards here. Let's start with Invincible, uh, pretty insane card here actually. Uh, if it has the right support, uh, eight mana five five undead beast with reborn, battle cry and death rattle. 
Give a random friendly undead plus five plus five and taunt. So over the course of its lifespan, uh, plus 15 plus 15 and taunt. Um, yeah, if the undead synergy is there, uh, this card is, it seems like bone marrow crack. Like it seems so insane. Yeah, it's super bone marrow is I think what the, the goal is, but you do need undead on board to make it happen and once again piles of stats uh not the strongest thing in wild coming in on turn eight but um you know if you can build a slow um you know, slow undead type uh deck it might be worth again the, the undead really i think is going to continue pushing infuse as a mechanic as well because they seem to return for like this has reborn so it, it comes back um and gives you a whole lot of stats. It also juices your uh, your infuse. You know, essentially doubles it up. Um, comes back from Nazoth. Uh, comes back from both Nazoths because it has two uh, minion types. So, you know, maybe there's something there. Like, if you could theoretically hit this twice off of either Nazoth and just like bounce the uh, the <laughs> the the buffs back and forth with one another. Um, oh, I had to do a quick little Google search because I was like, I thought for a chance that it could reborn and like buff itself. No, but I had to find out like death rattle triggers before reborn. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not going to buff itself. But like, unless you play the Nazoth and get them, <laughs> get them back, so it, it it's a cute card. Uh, I, I'm skeptical of it being strong just yet. No, yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> it's a it's a big pile of stats. Um, and Wild doesn't really go for a big pile of stats. But, I mean, if it can be cheated out, you yeah. know. I'm ready for the return of Nazoth. I mean, there was there was a moment where it kind of looked playable in multiple decks. And this kind of curves nicely. So, maybe in some of the Reno decks with all the uh, the dual tribe stuff going on. This is uh, an interesting one, perhaps. But, I don't know, it's very expensive. And um, yeah. it doesn't, like, I don't know. I don't know how often you can just, like, hit this guaranteed on curve. And you need to hit this guaranteed on curve. So that's that's pretty rough. Yeah. yeah the the reason you need to hit it on curve is not just because of value, but because, like, you might die if you don't in, yeah. in a while. If, if, you're, <laughs> if you're playing an 8-mana card that does not have immediate effect on board because it doesn't have rush, it doesn't itself have taunt, like, it needs to give something that taunt so that you can stay alive. I'll be real, the more I'm looking at this, the lower I am on it. <laughs> like, I, I, my, yeah. my opinion, this keeps dropping and dropping. I mean, I will say, I think we're very far away from the days of Bone Mare being playable in Wild, and even if this is super right. Bone Mare, like, I think it's going to be a very good card in Standard. Um, and it's going to very much rely on do we get slow undead support in, in Wild, which I think is, like, a slower undead support, which I think it's, it's going to need uh, to be playable. Uh, and then next up, we have, uh, finally, Emerus is playable. Uh, as a seven mana seven seven, Lorthamar Theron, Theron, um, Battlecry, double the stats of all minions in your deck. Uh, so, double attack and double health. Um, yeah, so this is just like Emerus, but like good uh, and available to to neutrals. I guess it doesn't buff the cards in your hand. So, no, mm. but it uh, can be brand and. Hear me out. You can play Cthune in your Shutterwalk Shaman deck now. Run zero Cthune buff cards. Just run the Lorthamar. 
and uh, run like Baleful Banker to shuffle the Shutterwalks back into your deck so you can just like keep doubling them and doubling them and doubling them. And then that's your damage source. End up with like a thousand thousand Shutterwalk and then punch them. Yeah, and it ends up still being worse than just uh, doing the same thing but with uh, Sire Denethrius. So this sounds like a Rolfo video in our future. You got it. <laughs> Spoiler alert to all of you guys out there. <laughs> uh, w- w- a common refrain that we've had this entire episode and we haven't talked about that many cards is that piles of stats aren't good in wild. So like making your cards pilers of statsers uh, mm-hmm. isn't necessarily going to, to be a viable win condition, I don't think. But it, it is a better Emrys, that's for sure. I, I feel like there definitely has to be a threshold of stats where you can, you know, make it wild playable. I just don't know what that limit is and I don't want to be the one to find out. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's this plus Luna's Pocket Galaxy plus Bran. And we've reached the point where we talked about Luna's Pocket Galaxy, so next card. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Silver Moon Sentinel, 3-mana 2-5 Taunt. Uh, mana Thirst 8, game plus 2 plus 2 Divine Shield. Uh, it's a 3-mana 2-5 Taunt when you need it, so it doesn't seem like it's going to be good. Um, Street Sweeper, 4-mana 2-2, two, two, Battle Cry, deal 2 damage to all other minions. So just kind of neutral minion AoE. Um, I don't know if any class needs this or wants this, but it is AoE in, in potentially classes that haven't really had it before. So is this something you guys want to talk about? No? Nope. All right. Just just making sure it's AoE, you know, you just got to check. Um, all right. Sun Fury Clergy. Three mana, two, four. Battle Cry. Restore three health to all friendly characters. Mana Thirst 6 restores 6 health to all friendly characters. Uh, instead, something like Shutterwalk? This this is some healing in Shutterwalk? No? Is it? Okay. No? Okay. I'm just trying try to get content, guys. Come on. All right. <laughs> Boneflinger. 2 mana, 2, 3 undead minion. Uh, battle Cry. If a friendly undead died after your last turn, deal 2 damage. Uh, and it'll be targeted damage. Um, I mean, this doesn't actually seem that terrible. I know the other three cards that we talked about. It, it's like Merc Sparkiel if the conditions met, right? This In like is, an aggro style deck, like it, it defies Leper. Um, this is the uh, even Death Knight card. Like, you know, there we go. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, mean, I mean that. Yeah, that actually that's the best activator that we have so far for these. Uh, if a friendly undead died after you like, yeah, like it. I I think this is the best iteration of that just because it can be played in in even death knight because you really do need to be able to activate these reliably and a one mana hero power would allow you to do that yeah all right speaking of death knight let's hop over to it uh we've got like 20 cards to talk about so we're gonna we're gonna try and through them oh i forgot i forgot that we hadn't even talked about this. <laughs> it's all right it's all right not i i will you say i will say uh, i feel like we're not going to be able to properly evaluate a lot of these death knight cards right until we see everything um and so we're probably going to not spend as much time as we could uh, on these and we might depending on if we have time just come back and do like a death knight episode towards the end um once we finally have a a bigger picture uh but let's start uh so overseer frigadera um so this is a six mana legendary five six requires two frost runes in order to put her in into your deck so pretty heavy frost requirement here draw two spells 
if they are both frost spells, deal two damage to all min enemies. So you're in two frost spells or frost runes. You're playing nothing but frost spells. You it's a six mana five six draw two, deal two to the enemy board. Uh, seems kind of impactful. Uh, reminds me a little bit of like Belinda, which might not be the greatest comparison, but like draw two in kind of a maybe controlly style deck. Um, seems seems playable. Yeah, um, because like you said, you're already invested for two frost runes. You're probably going in for three and just only running, or certainly only running frost spells. So you kind of assume that it's always active. Um, you know, seems to maybe have some potential in even like a, a Reno Death Knight type deck that, um, a, you know, that, that two AoE is uh, pretty relevant while also drawing cards. It's a battle cry, so you're already going to be playing Brand in that deck anyway. So that's where I'm looking at it and um, looks pretty cool. Uh, decent uh, first legendary, I'd say, for um, for uh, our eyes in Death Knight. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see whether the Reno, um, like Death Knight, can take off. It'll be interesting the kind of directions that people want to take that because people will play, obviously, Reno Death Knight. Like, you can't stop people playing Reno decks. But are they going to be doing the two Frost, one Blood? Like, do they want to tap into all this unholy stuff? So. It kind of looks like between this and the next legendary that we're going to talk about, there is kind of a a clear direction that you might want to be pushing in terms of which runes to use, because uh, these are some very, very strong cards uh, to start off with for those slower Death Knight archetypes. Yeah, I definitely see myself doing two Frost, one Blood, because next up we have Patchwork, seven mana, four, six, undead minion uh, that requires you to have one Blood rune uh, out of the three. Uh, Battle Cry, destroy a random minion in your opponent's hand, deck and battlefield so seven mana three for one basically uh you don't get the stats right but like you're mutanising a card out of somebody's hand uh and it doesn't or a minion out of somebody's hand a minion off the board and then a minion in the deck so it is a three for one pretty big disruption tool um seems really good to to recur the battle cry of as well if you can do that yeah, I mean, you're also probably running Zola in that deck that we've been uh, we've been theory crafting based on two cards so far. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's a battle cry heavy deck. Your your options are limited within Death Knight for class cards, so you have to start looking at like what neutrals might make sense in in that, and uh, that clearly makes sense. Uh, pretty disruptive. Um, if we have like a you know, a greed fest that we saw at the beginning of the Renathal days, or even like at the beginning of uh, Murder at Castle Nathria, even Barons type thing. This card uh, could be relevant for, highly relevant for Reno Mirrors. Um, you know, th but those have kind of fallen out of uh, like popularity favor with the, the players recently. So um, those would have to come back. And um, I don't know, Patchwork just looks like a cool card. I, I like doing these types of things, and I don't care how mad it makes players. I don't care how mad it makes me when it happens to me. Uh, I still like doing them, so I'm into this card. All right, so let's move into our third legendary here for the uh, the Undead Runes. Uh, this one requires you to make a very heavy investment, requiring you to, to use up all three of your runes on uh, Undead. But it is an 8-mana 9-7 Undead minion. Uh, Battle Cry, raise all of your corpses as 1-1 one, one Risen Golems with Rush. For each one that can't fit, give one of your Risen Golems plus two, plus two. Uh, so basically it's like your finisher uh, in that uh, undead, tokeny style deck. Um, 
where you stock up all of these corpses from all your little tokens dying and then you bring it back as like a huge board swinging um it feels very much like what are molassia in demon hunter with the the soul shards right where you like make this big board of rushes uh, to kind of swing things back into your favor um this is going to get a lot bigger than three threes potentially hopefully uh if you're playing three undead runes um though so it's it's an eight mana nine seven it's probably giving you 20 20 worth of stats uh alongside six minions with rushy bodies uh so it is a very significant board swing yeah but it is a board swing so we're going to need like uh dependence on board based matchups for unholy like as a rune to be terribly relevant at all because it seems to be based on things dying your opponent needs to care about the board for things to die which you know for the most part it does right now um so it often does right now like we we've moved past some of the super uninteractable like combo decks uh, for the most part uh save for a few so yeah maybe there's some potential in this card it just it, it, like uh, it's a rune-heavy investment in order to get the card in your deck to begin with is uh, the concern that I have. But like, with how straightforward the effect is, it seems like it wants a straightforward token-based um, deck to begin with. So like, it's, it probably wants to be three uh, unholy runes anyway. Yeah, and I, I this is the one that I have the, like, the least hope for in a while, this kind of general strat. Um, just because like, you know, we're talking about an untapped that is very board-centric. The general um, unholy cards don't seem to be, like, they have much... They have, like, they have a lot less room for upside. You know, things like... Yeah, we'll get to it, but something like Graveyard Shift, like, summon two one one zombies with Reborn. Like, it's hard to make that any better than it is. Like, it just is what it is, right? Um, and so, compared to something like the Frost and the Bloods, I feel like those... Uh, you know, uh, rune restrictions, I think they can probably be borrow a lot more from the neutral pool um, compared to what we're seeing with something like Lord Marigo and that all-in token-style deck. And yeah, big pile of stats. Again, big theme of the episode. Big pile of stats <laughs> coming down on turn 8. Not going to be that good, I don't think, in a wild. Yeah, I think the rush does give it a little bit more hope. Basically, it just is like a play a card threat and lethal. But at the same time, like... Kel'Thuzad probably offers a similar amount of lethality in terms of what he can do and the like build up and investment that you have to put into him going into the game. And that card was never really a card in in Wild, um, so I don't know if that's necessarily going to change in a different iteration. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, the hope is, I guess, you have all the neutral token synergy cards. I don't really struggling to find stuff that's not Honda Creeper and Knife Juggler because right. those have been around since beta and, or since Nax and so it's but I guess yeah. like this one you have two finishers right you have Marigar you have Denathrius because I'm assuming like 100% you played Denathrius in, in the right. style of deck um, yeah that's true uh, and just like yeah you, you can once again make use of a lot of the infuse effects but a lot of those again require your opponent to really care about the board and uh, at times in wild that has not been the case just want to skip to graveyard shift then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Go out of I was gonna here. say let's we yeah. we've got these three. Let's move on. I guess let's just focus on some of the. I've been calling them undead just because I'm getting everything mixed up, but they are unholy, card uh, runes. And so let's talk about all the unholy runed cards um, that we've seen so far. Starting with graveyard shift, which is a three mana spell that says summon two one one zombies with reborn. That's a three mana two two with reborn. That seems terrible, uh, but it does give you four corpses. So upside i guess but 
I there's not much upside to it because I don't think the card's very good at, at all. I, I think the point of the card is to increase your corpse counter, which mm -hmm. you seem to need a lot of corpses for the to get full value out of the um, unholy rune cards. But it's it still just seems so bad. Yeah, there has to be better ways to do it. Definitely in wild uh, than a three mana two two. At least I would hope so. Um, next up, we have Battlefield Necromancer. Uh, this one requires you to have two unholy runes, uh, but as a two mana two three, at the end of your turn, raise a corpse as a one two risen footman with taunt. I really hope the token art here is a corrupted goldshire. It kind of is. Um, <laughs> who says? Who says daddy for action? Does he actually? Please. I that's I'm hopeful. I really hope so. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess the idea here, right? Two mana, two three. That summons the one two taunt by killing the taunt. It gives you another corpse that you can then use to summon another one two. Um, infinite corpse counter. Uh, we haven't seen effects like this be relevant at all, uh, kind of in the past. Um, but it's, I guess, I in an ideal world defensive tool to, to kind of rack up your corpse counter we haven't seen a, a, oh, an okay. effect at this cost for uh like, like before right and uh another even cost card you could chain it into the the hero power like um maybe uh, i i think it, it, it's a two mana like three five right if you have it active the, and again, it seems like Death Knight is going to be able to control the, um, like the the dying minions a lot better than some of the other classes that have that effect. This is actually really, really good. Like this is borderline broken. Um, okay. Like I, I am very high. I'm actually like getting more and more into the idea of like even Death Knight. The more I'm kind of looking at this stuff, um, it, it feels like that might be a nice way to abuse all these kind of corpse this having this on-demand rush ping um because like the fact that it does refuel itself is great and yeah you just need a minion to die on one and all of a sudden it is hidden behind this one two taunt we saw how difficult and oppressive it was to kind of get rid of the the druid two three um razor main battle guard when that was hidden behind a taunt and you know you're not getting as many stats out um, for the mana cost, but it's not actually costing you resources in the same way that card was, right? Like, you don't actually, actually have to play cards to hide this behind a taunt. So, I think this is really good, unless I'm, like, misreading it. Like, the fact that it's going on at the end of every turn, very snowball-y, I, I think this is really great. And I can definitely see, like, an even aggro uh, Death Knight kind of taking shape with some of these cards. Yeah. Same. I, I think I might be, like, super biased, because we've seen this effect at three mana, and it's been trash uh right which, which card is that mate like what are we thinking of here God, you're gonna I, 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 it was the source sources bro yeah. sources bro? <laughs> what do you trust me what do you got no i god it's an arena card because i remember seeing this but it, like it summons like a one one or one two taunt at the end of every turn um and that card was like never even close to being playable like in in standard or in like especially not in wild and so i think the card like what you said kind of rings a bell but i think there's such a huge difference between like a one one taunt and a one two like, it's so much more protected, and uh, with a card like this, the earlier it comes down, the more it can snowball, and the more protected that big body is, like, just, uh, it matters dramatically. So, yeah, I'm, like, super hype on this one. Sure. I I, I, I wouldn't end up being surprised. I Again, my my opinion has been very 
impacted by the card that's been unplayable in the past, but it is two mana. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I can totally see, right, between Marigar, Necromancer, Denathrius at 10, right? I can I can see an even Unholy Death Knight-style card. We've got a couple more that are kind of really interesting as well to talk about. Um, so let's move on to, uh, to Army of the Dead here. So five mana Shadow Spell, two Unholy Runes. Raise up to five corpses as two two risen ghouls with rush. Uh, so basically, five mana, five two twos with rush. Uh, important to note that when these die, you get your corpse counter back, right? So it's it's net negative. Uh, same with the necromancers, or sorry, net zero. Same as the necromancer. Uh, so five mana for five two twos with rush. Um, we. God, what is the the card in Druid and Shaman that summons four two twos, and then you can overload it one to to give it rush right? And that card was like, not good. Um, this is five mana for five, no overload. Um, does that make it like playable and good? Uh, potentially. Like it's a it's a better command than Illidari if you're getting full value from it. Like you said, it's net neutral in terms of the uh, the corpses that you generate. Um, yeah, I, I I could see this being a a playable card uh, for that reason. It just is again, it's going to rely on the strength of the payoff uh, for it. I think, which right now we only see as Lord Marigar, um, and it you know it's not going to fit in an aggro deck, but it uh, could fit in something that's playing towards that. I think it's probably very playable in standard. Maybe uh, be, if Marigar is the the payoff, probably less so in wild. Not even costed, not interested, no. Um, like, at this point, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think it's outstanding. Um, probably a little bit more of a standard card, I would say. But yeah. All right. Uh, next unholy ruined card is Dark Transformation. Uh, two mana shadow spell, one unholy rune requirement. Uh, transform an undead into a four or five undead monstrosity with rush. Um, hey, and this even, even Death Knight that we're talking about, one mana hero power make a make it a four five three mana four five with rush uh, while playable. Yeah, you also get to go face with that right because the the one one has charge. You get to go face with it, upgrade it, and then bash it into a minion. Like that seems pretty good, right? <laughs> like uh, like a, a three mana four five with rush is already like pretty solid. Uh, but like being able to then not like you could even do it on turn two. Like, get another point of damage from the hero power, and the just get a turn two, four, five with rush. Like, the I, I didn't see this card before, but like I'm really excited for the uh, um, the, the the even death knight right now. Seems good. Like I don't know four five rush thing. Like I I know Noel is very exciting when it comes down for zero, but I, when that thing comes down for three, you're still a little bit upset. So yeah. I Again, love how we're like going all in we're, for this. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've seen like we've seen like a fraction of the cards. We're already starting the theory crafting. Yeah. Hunted Creeper is also an even card. I know we've been. Oh talking my about god, that a lot the hits! Today. Oh, the hits just keep coming. That's crazy. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, we did the one thing we told ourselves we weren't going to do. Um, next up, we have Plague Strike, two mana shadow spell, uh, one unholy rune, two mana. Yeah, uh, two mana deal three to a minion. Uh, important to note only deal three damage to a minion uh if it kills that minion summon a 2-2 zombie with rush um 
two mana deal three of, summon a two two that's a lot it's a lot of really good board control cards that we're seeing yeah like very strong early game stuff for this uh unholy archetype yep yep and even once again mm -hmm. all right so even unholy death knight the thing to keep your eyes on <laughs> um let's move over backwards i guess to uh to some blood uh death knight cards now so the obviously uh the unholy is kind of the tokeny style strategy uh the blood runes are going to be kind of your control death knight cards uh and so let's start with obliterate uh you might have seen this card before uh because it's a card from the og lich king um where it's two mana destroy a minion your hero takes damage equal to its health uh for just one one blood rune um it is now a collectible card yeah um yeah, so in terms of playstyle for World of Warcraft, Blood was like basically the face tanky tank. It had a high health total, it had a high self-sustain, and not a lot of damage mitigation compared to some of the other tanks. So this is kind of like in line with uh, <laughs> with what that is doing. So it's just like, yeah, it's it's face tanking it in order to, to kill it with the understanding that it's going to use either some of its abilities or something along those lines to heal up later or the fact that it has such a huge health pull uh, as we'll see from other cards that just like sure i can i i have the room to take the damage here um so yeah i mean obliterate was a you know pretty high impact uh, card from uh the the lich king at, in certain situations for just like the spot removal i'm curious to see uh if we'll get some of the other lich king cards because um all of those were death knight uh, abilities in world of warcraft so i'm i'm confident that like we'll see um some of those come back although i think army of the dead was also a lich king card that did a different thing so that's i i guess that's maybe the counterpoint to that but like um i i'm almost certain we'll see like an anti-magic shell or something along those lines for um like which would likely which was an unholy spell so we'll likely uh you know in that yeah, yeah, I, I think anti magic shell was four main, right? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> not looking bad. Yeah, I for what it's worth in the uh, the the trailer, right? Like the teasers, uh, there was obviously like a frostmorn as well um, that they were swinging with. So, I guess, do you think that the OG Lich King is now going to give this army of the dead instead of the like, oh, the the old yeah. OG one? I'm I'm curious how that will play out. Um, I. I meant to ask on Twitter, but I, I don't know. I, I think it's I, unlikely. I think it'll probably just stay the same as because that's unless it get, gets like rotated into the uh, core set at some point. I mean, I assume not because like, how would Army of the Dead work for like other classes? Right. Yeah. That's oh, fair. right. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Good point. Um, all right, but obliterate decent decent removal tool. Um, I, I'm expecting and we're gonna see a lot of life steal right as well. Right, and like assuming you're not playing Overseer uh, Frigidara, like very splashable in a control base like uh, Frost uh, Blood type deck. So if you're not running that Overseer, if she ends up being a little bit low impact, uh, that might be worth like just swat throwing in some uh, Obliterates in in that type of deck. Yeah, uh, he's saying that because it's not a Frost spell, rather than the fact that you can't like splash it because Frigidara right. only requires two. Yeah, just to make sure that's clear. Um, all right, next up we have No Muncher. Speaking of the life steal. Uh, six mana, five six undead minion, one blood rune requirement. Uh, taunt 
lifesteal. At the end of your turn, attack the lowest health enemy. Uh, that includes enemy heroes as well, so uh, can also deal 5 to the face. But basically, 6 mana, 5, 6 taunt, lifesteal, you're going to get the immediate impact right at the end of your turn, so somebody can't just remove it, and you don't get any healing. Um, 6 mana, 5, 6, heal 5, basically, against aggro deck. 6 mana, 5, 6... Like, you're always going to heal 5, I guess, because it can hit the enemy face if the opponent doesn't have any minions. Yeah, the the concern is that if it does hit a minion, it, uh, like, it takes some damage and is no longer a 5-6. Um, but, you know, that's the trade-off you get for the immediate healing, I guess. Um, you know, it, it, it's a splashable card once again. Um, not a spell, uh, so, it you know, it could be worth uh, taking a look at. Because, again, uh, like... Uh, like Demon Hunter on release, even though we are getting a boatload of uh, Death Knight cards, you, you still are going to have your options limited um, for Death Knight as a class just because there aren't as many cards. So, you know, fringe playable cards might get a second look like a like a Gnome Muncher just because, like, it's a card that you can put in your deck. That, so, um, I'm not super high on this. It's just kind of a... It, it, it's a card that exists. Seems bad. Seems good to roll into with Evolve Shaman. Um, that seems kind of cool, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. We're already talking about a ball shaman. That's like the LPG synergy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Exactly. Oh, gosh. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to our next one. Uh, it's called Blood Boil. Uh, five mana, two blood rune requirement shadow spell. Man, the rune requirement requirements make it really, really hard to read out all of these new cards. It just makes it so much more wordy. Uh, but basically, this is a spell that has lifesteal. Inflict all enemy minions. At the end of your turns, they take two damage. And so each instance of two damage is healing you um so works nicely against wide boards works nicely against tall boards ish as well because it helps you kill them it, obviously you want it against a wide board to heal a ton as well um great card against even shaman if you're living until turn five right very expensive it, it is very expensive <laughs> but oh my god thematically i can't tell you how much i love this card like it's just so that repetitive uh um healing or like um you know drain or health drain is just so perfect for blood boil as a card so i, I like i'm probably rating it higher than i i i need or should just because of the the pure copium and i i want it to be good i desperately want this card to be good <laughs> but it's probably not all right uh corpse explosion five mana two blood rune requirement shadow spell detonate a corpse to deal one damage to all minions. Uh, if any are still alive, repeat this. So basically, uh, you need to have a corpse, so a minion that has died, uh, and then it is a five minute defile, is what I'm saying. Uh, kind of, right? It's like a anti-defile, right? <laughs> like... oh, does it only repeat with as many corpses as you have as well? I, that was my understanding when I read it, like oh. because you have to detonate a corpse in order to get the effect. Oh, I right? read this wrong. This is this is uh, the three mana warrior spell, the blade storm, right? Is that more akin to what it is than, than or, defile, where it like deals a damage and then if it's still alive, it goes again until you kill a minion. No, it'll it'll just keep going until the board's wiped, right? But you need enough corpses. Yeah, assuming that you have enough corpses. Right, you need yeah. enough 
So for however many, like say there's the biggest thing has 10 health on the board, you would need 10 corpses in order to kill it. Right? Dude, I can't read. All yeah. right. <laughs> do, do, that do makes sense. That makes sense. I, okay. I, I do feel like I've confused everybody that was listening at the beginning of this. So that does make sense though, right? It You detonate one of the corpses that you have stored up, you deal one. If there's still a minion on the board, you detonate another corpse, deal one again. Is right. essentially the gist. Okay. Right, but if you, if got max health is ten, you have twelve corpses. You're only going to spend ten of them because that's all you need. It spends the minimum number of corpses that you need to clear the board, or just all of your corpses. Uh, so the way that I would maybe see this as being useful is in like a two blood, one unholy type thing, where you're like generating enough corpses to make it useful. Um, but you would need more than just corpse explosion. Like corpse explosion seems like it has the potential to be powerful, right? Uh, if you can generate the corpses quickly enough in a blood-based deck like this, um, is I, I think the concern and like how that you you know how are you going to get there and is it worth it just for like a very powerful board clear like corpse explosion? I don't know. Yeah, I mean the upside's like pretty high, right? We like if we're talking about if we're talking about four damage. That's already like getting pretty damn good and the ability to deal upwards of that like five damage plus for five mana um like we're basically talking about five mana twisting nether uh, uh, at that point but yeah it will be difficult it probably wants to be in a deck where it's one of the only payoffs for the for the corpses because you need to probably be hoarding these a lot um to make this kind of thing worth it so uh we'll have to wait and see but very intriguing card like there's a big kind of wide variety of how powerful or difficult it is to make this work so interesting all right speaking of interesting vampiric blood uh two mana three blood rune requirement give your hero plus five health um so if you are renathal this takes you to like 45 max health um you can spend three corpses to gain five more and draw a card uh you can get to 50 health uh speaking of drain tank that that is a lot of health to get through um, and it's potentially two mana draw card as well. Uh, in addition to all that, mm-hmm. the old Reno, like the Renathal Reno, all blood deck, man. I'm not ready for that much health. Plus no. forty nine. <laughs> why would you? Well, why two would you? Works me up. Yeah, exactly. Why would you stop at, uh, at, at limit yourself to Reno? Just like figure out a, another way to heal a bunch with like the blood boil. Just constantly healing from that. They're never getting through your massive health total um no there's gonna be a lot of lifesteal effects i think in uh um in blood i mean makes sense given the the name of the rune um but this card is pretty cool i think the fact that you uh have to invest three into blood is going to be a pretty big deterrent as well as once again you're going to need to spend corpses somehow um so generating corpses while still maintaining enough for you know corpse explosion which we talked about being a pretty powerful payoff probably more powerful than an extra five health to be honest i think um a lot of what you're getting out of this is the like meow said you get to cycle the card so that's that's pretty good it makes it um a little bit more appealing late in the game as well when you actually might have those three corpses to like just uh get plus 10 health and then also get a, a card so you're maybe not like necessarily forced to play this on curve um but i don't know it's cool i want to get to 60 health <laughs> like uh, that's that's my dream um it, it we'll see how how good that ends up being and i think just like corpse explosion this is going to depend a little bit on 
uh, the ease at which you're able to get the corpses going. Let's hop over back now, finally, to the uh, the frost spells, um, or the frost runes, at least. Uh, all of their spells are going to be frost, spoiler alert. Um, let's start with defrost. This is a two-mana frost spell, one frost rune requirement. Um, they were called frost runes, right? Um, yes. And so, two-mana, draw a card. Spend two corpses, draw another. Two-mana, draw two. Uh always good always flexible because it's only one rune requirement yeah uh this card like because it's one rune requirement i could see see it being a very splashable thing very much like obliterate especially in like a two uh unholy one frost uh type deck uh, it is an even card as well corb um and uh you can easily get the um spend two corpses uh like in that even death knight uh, one thing to just cycling back to uh, Overseer Frigidara because Meowth brought up a good point. Um, frost runes are different from frost spells or frost uh, like spell schools. So when Overseer Frigidara says if they're both frost spells, she's looking at, um, I believe, the spell school, not the runes. So the, um, the runes themselves, are, like there's overlap because the frost runes are often frost spells. But just to clarify. Man, I... That, that complexity thing that we were talking about earlier when it comes to runes, actually no joke for people who can't read like me. Like, <laughs> um, Did you have anything you wanted to say about Defrost? No, I mean, card draw kind of can look boring, but you know, I think it just helps the class you know, be more fun. So we'll have to see what it looks like. The 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 Frost stuff in general, though, does seem very combo-centric, so I do wonder like how easy it is to kind of get these corpses going if you are going all, all Frost. Um, but we'll have to see on that front. Yeah, two mana draw two though, pretty good. Yeah. Like it's historically been very good. Uh, like you ran research project, even though that allowed your opponent to draw cards in certain decks, and um, you don't have to <laughs> let your opponent draw cards with this one. Yeah. All right, let's talk about something that's not flexible at all: uh, three frost runes and seven mana to play Frostworm's Fury, uh, which is a frost spell that says deal five, freeze. All enemy minions summon a 5-5 Frostworm, which is an undead dragon. Uh, dude, this is like baby UI. Deal 5, summon a 5-5, but instead of drawing 5, you're you're freezing the entire enemy board. Um, Ultimate it, it, infrostation. I, I, I hate like you. <laughs> uh, that's actually such a good name. God damn it. Um, all right. Name aside, how do you guys feel about this card? seems kind of expensive uh for what especially compared to what some of the other frost spells tend to be leaning towards um so not sure how it's going to play into the archetype that it looks like like the other frost spells seem to be pushing towards and i'm not sure it's a strong enough payoff to be like worth the three frost rune investment because we haven't seen anything else that requires three frost runes yet and if this is the the thing that like is meant to be the payoff for that deck building restriction. No thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not very into this one. Um, eh, more, more standard, I guess, maybe. But even then, I'm like not into it in the idea of standard. So, no, thank you. It's theoretically like seven mana Frost Nova deal ten, right? If the five five sticks around to hit, in theory, I could, I can see it being standard playable. All right. Um, 
let's talk about Horn of Winter. Uh, zero mana, two frost runes for a frost spell that says refresh two mana crystals. Uh, they have learned their lesson um, with refresh instead of gain uh, when it comes to the mana crystals. So it's a zero mana spell that says uh, refresh two mana crystals. Good enough. Um, obviously, it's going to depend a lot on the supporting pieces, but like it's it's innervate right but you get two instead of one now i guess you refresh so yeah it's lightning blue but without overload there you go dude it's, it's it got ice revenant it's nerfed so long. yeah <laughs> it got ice revenant nerfed is what this card did true hey, we haven't talked about that yet spoilers come on no. <laughs> um i think that this card is going to rely heavily on how much draw is in frost it's going to need mm -hmm. a lot more than just the um the defrost to make this card playable. It's also going to want like uh, some sort of payoff that is a nice <laughs> revenant in order to um, like you need to refresh towards something. You need to like build up something um, to want to spend a card regaining mana crystals. So whether it's like some sort of combo damage thing or um, stats that you're placing on board. Given some of the other cards that we haven't talked about yet that we have seen in Frost, I think that there's likely there's got to be some sort of payoff like that. Um, we just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, uh, this is very dependent on what the support pieces are. Like, like Rob said, we want card draw, um, and we also just want cards where like marginal mana differences make a big difference. Um, like this would be broken in Mage, but if you put it in something like Warrior in Wild, I'm not actually sure like much of a difference that would make because i don't know if warrior can kind of take that little that little like give it an inch and it'll take it a mile uh, a class like mage does that but other classes don't so this depends on the support and whether we can get a fun and interactive uh combo deck of sorts in death knight i mean i'm looking at some of these cards and i wouldn't be surprised if we eventually got there um all right, next up, let's talk about Glacial Advance. Uh, three mana, one frost rune uh, for a frost spell that says deal four damage. Your next spell this turn cost two less. Um, again, this is... I'm getting very much APM Mage vibes sort of thing from some of the cards that we're seeing here uh, in Frost. Uh, I'm just ready for Frost Apprentice. Apprentice. Your, your frost oh, runed yes. cards cost one less. Um, but yeah, Glacial Advance, how do you guys feel about it? Yeah, it... it, it... It fits into that same Horn of Winter type deck, but we still need a payoff. Like, uh, mm -hmm. this can go face, which it make you know, it's a little bit uh, different in, than Bone Spike in that regard. Uh, it's still, it's mana, um, you know, still net negative in terms of the mana that you're spending, but like, it's a little bit more flexible in that it doesn't have to kill a minion. It always activates. So, uh, it, it, it seems like a pretty good card if, uh, once again, there is some sort of like, payoff whether like it it looks like this is built into some sort of like storm type mechanic or like a mazaki type uh, uh situation where you're like you need to play a bunch of cards in a turn in order to build up some sort of um damage counter i i doubt it'll be a mazaki type thing because i don't think it's going to be direct damage but i think it's going to be something of that sort and maybe down the line when some of these cards uh, rotate into wild, we might get that uh, that damage based uh, build up. Ah, oh, Ruffle, you're gonna be gonna be so hyped on this. Like, <laughs> don't don't say it's way down the line. Say it's right now. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. You know, yeah. uh, it, one it, mana, one mana deal for. Yeah, they can go face. But yeah, yeah, 
put it in the put it in your back pocket with a uh, horn of winter. Mm-hmm. Just just play it with ice revenant before it gets nerfed, and, and there you go. Like that's your your, your Edwin <laughs> payoff. Um, gosh, can't believe they did that. Anyways, uh, last but not least for the frost runes, we have Acolyte of Death. Uh, speaking of card draw, this is a three mana one frost rune requirement for a three four that says after a friendly undead dies, draw a card. Um, kind of feels a little bit out of place in, in Frost rather than Undead, uh, to be completely honest with you, but it would probably be Omega Busted in, uh, <laughs> in Undead, uh, given yeah. how easily it is to trigger. I, I think this is like in the same camp as the uh, the Defrost card where you might look at it in a uh, two Unholy, one Frost uh, type deck. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know how much I like this card, even if it were in Unholy, just because like... We've kind of seen this card before in like a cult master. Uh, it's got a better stat line. It's got like maybe more support just with the hero power, but it's an odd cost card. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. unless you're getting like a tokeny based uh, two mana minion that with uh, with like undead um, synergies, um, like I don't, it, it feels too limiting. So. Unless we get a lot of like high quality undead cards, I don't know that this card is going to see all that much play. Yeah, yeah, I'm also a non-believer. All right, we we can't pigeonhole ourselves. By the way, uh, we can't do our demon hunter thing where it's 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 not odd costed, so it's not going to see play. I'm not going to let us do that this time for for Death Knight when it comes to unholy cards. <laughs> Did that not late. work last time? What are you talking about? Yeah, it's it's too late. We've already done it. We've learned nothing. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Or we've learned everything. Trying. um all right death knight also has a couple of cards that require no rune requirements um so you can splash them in any deck that you want to uh the two that we have seen so far are skeletal sidekick this is a one mana one two undead minion that says battle cry give a friendly undead plus two attack so it's like the opposite of beaming sidekick um but it gets the undead tag uh kind of latched onto it uh and then we have icy touch one mana frost spell that says deal two damage to an enemy and freeze it. Um, yeah, so sidekick, icy touch, just kind of generically okay cards, right? Uh, to help flush out your your death knight decks. Yeah, I, I feel like icy touch seems pretty good to me. Um, it's the skeletal sidekick is going to depend on the quality of undead uh, cards and in uh, available to death knight and whether or not that can be like a um, like a minion type based uh, archetype um but right now we haven't seen anything that like other than the uh acolyte of death that really like justifies running a whole lot of uh undead like, like again no real payoff for it is the is the hesitation yep icy touch can go face uh that makes me excited i mean it's kind of like two parts of the ray of frost like i think ray of frost is like a fair comp but i mean ray of frost hasn't seen a ton of play just as a standalone card outside quest mage uh for some time so i don't know it's it's okay mm-hmm. yep all right we did it we got through all the cards uh <laughs> man card reveal season is gonna be a doozy now that we get like uh, this expansion is gonna have about 200 cards that we're gonna review which is gonna be a lot so strapping guys hope you guys are enjoying the card review episodes because they're gonna be they're gonna be long this time. Lots of stuff to talk about, which is exciting, but also, hey, it's gonna be really hard to evaluate everything <laughs> uh, yeah. when and it comes to this. 
especially when we're talking about an entire new class like that oh. alone makes it hard to evaluate. Oh. We're going to be we're 100 so wrong. We've already solved it. What are, you, what are you talking about? We've oh, true, out true, true, true. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Oh. Yeah. All right. So in addition to all of this, right, we had this huge announcement on Tuesday. Everything that we just talked about, we were processing for about four days when we went to record this, and it was it still was a lot. Uh, in addition to all of that, uh, we got some leaks uh, about some other stuff that's coming uh, in the brand new expansion, um, including two nerfs uh, that'll be going live when March of the Lich King goes live. Uh, one of those we've already kind of touched on, right? That's Icy Revenant or Ice Revenant. Um, and so I'm just going to read the dev notes about this. So Ice Revenant currently is a four mana, four five, uh, that whenever you cast a frost spell, it gains plus two, plus two. So I don't blame you if you guys have no idea what, what I'm talking about because most people don't, right? Outside of Arena. Uh, dev notes from Aleko. Uh, the nerf to Ice Revenant might appear out of place, but it was a necessary one where Death Knight has access to multiple cheap frost spells. For example, Horn of Winter in particular. In testing, we were frequently seeing Ice Revenant's game-ending size on turn 4, and the card was simply overshadowing many of the new and exciting things going on in the set. Uh, so Ice Revenant has been nerfed to uh, to only give plus 1, plus 1 now on Frost Spells. So basically, your, your Mazaki, your Edwin payoff was going to be Ice Revenant. They realized it was busted, are going to preemptively uh, nerf it. Uh, F's in the chat for Ice Revenant. It's time in the light will we'll never come to shine. Uh, but the other one is is big and relevant, especially for Wild, because uh, that is Theotar. Uh, Theotar was nerfed from four mana to five mana, um, and they they said that they wanted to test out the nerf before changing it again if they deemed necessary. Uh, Theotar is still seeing play in forty percent of standard decks, by the way, uh, at five mana, which is kind of insane. Um, and the devs didn't like that, and so what they're doing is they're hitting it with another nerf. Uh, so that people can have fun and play with their new interesting cards uh, in standard. Uh, they really, really want to lower the card's play rate <laughs> to make it uh, fun for players. So we can touch on Ice Revenant if you guys would like, but I guess the big one is Theotar Big Nerf uh, coming in in four weeks. I'm, I'm kind of torn on this one. I feel like uh, they already got hit pretty hard and probably a lot harder than people even still think uh going from four to five uh like it, it doesn't look like a good card in a lot of decks anymore uh coming in a turn later i think it's massively massively overplayed in standard um mm. and this is maybe probably finally going to change this because this is like the change that people wanted i think if they made this change initially the play rate would have probably tanked very quickly after i think it probably still will drop but maybe not actually not as much as if it had just been nerfed to this uh in in the first place so it's kind of it's kind of weird like waiting almost had a uh potentially could have like a negative <laughs> uh or the the opposite effect of what they're trying to accomplish by nerfing it a, a second time i think it's probably just a fine card at five mana i've never been a strong Theotar hater to begin with, so maybe that's my bias. Um, my concern is Pillager Rogue coming back into popularity as a, as a result of this, and I think I like I would rather have Theotar than uh, Pillager Rogue. Um, just like blanket statement, <laughs> like uh, so. Um, I'm a little bit like I, I I think it's it is like Meow said, just to bring the popularity down further in. Standard, I think it's also just kind of like um, to appease 
a portion of the player base that doesn't like losing to these strategies but i think in terms of like the health of the card i think it was fine at five mana and i'm probably gonna get flamed for this in the comments but sure i've had it uh like i don't know i i, I stand by the fact that theotar is overplayed in, in, in standard and uh potentially less so but maybe a little bit in in wild as well because i think that his um like i don't know his success rate seems to be quite a bit lower coming out a little bit slower now yeah uh theater is like much more situational now in terms of like which decks makes it like it works in but both in standard and wild and um it's completely overplayed in both standard and wild um where it, it, talking more like in wild specifically i think like it's probably pretty decent still in like reno priest and reno druid but outside of those two specific decks like it's probably already just on the fringe of cut a being cut in just about every single R-type, and the only reason you'd probably have a strong argument for not cutting it is just because you want, like, a more, like, even matchup spread. Like, you just want to kind of make things not quite as polarized, give yourself a few more outs, Um, even if, like, on average, the card isn't that great. So I think it still has room to be played in something like Reno Priest and Reno Druid, um, even at six, but outside of specifically that, it should probably just be cut from pretty much everything. Um. So, yeah, we've talked a lot about, like, theater, uh, just in general. We've had a very lengthy conversation, I think, uh, especially the episode with Engine. Uh, we went on quite a bit. So, again, theater, very complicated card. I understand why people have very different reactions to it, but I think it would have been fine in Wild at 5. Um, I think it was already just, like, perfectly reasonable, but at 6, probably won't see it nearly as often because, you know, people will be cutting it. And I don't know if that's going to, like, cause some huge ripple effect in terms of Pillager Rogue and stuff. Um, I don't think things will change dramatically in, in that respect. But it definitely is, like... It, it's just removing one safeguard that we did have uh, from the fun interactive Solitaire decks in the format. So in that sense, it is like a future problem as well uh because right. theater being in the neutral pool was something that was like insurance long term um especially when it was at four you know mm -hmm. but, and at six it's like oof. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it's not a great hearthstone card i think what you're telling me corb is that it's with theater um you know basically getting removed from the the wild metagame with this uh nerf potentially um our one true savior for those types of decks is actually secret mage yeah like i know <laughs> I, I like i unironically uh, i think that like that is what is keeping those at bay right now and so um you know i know people hate hate the uh hate the archetype but um you know if if you if you hate pillager rogue and quest mage make sure to thank your local secret mage yeah, just make sure to add them after your game with them um, and, and hit them with yeah, the really. nice comments instead of the really toxic uh, toxic yeah. ones that I normally see Secret Mage players get sent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Raffle endorsed, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, kindness is Raffle endorsed. Yeah. yeah. Well, I legitimately thank them. They're doing yeah. a good service, whether you see it or not. Come on. <laughs> um, no, I... We we talked about this, so I don't I don't want to rehash it too much on, on the big episode with Engine a couple a couple weeks ago, but like I don't I don't know how much Theotar himself was the thing that was keeping like Pillager Rogue and Quest Mage kind of in check, right? And, and like you mentioned, it's like the presence of stuff like Secret Mage 
that's having a much bigger impact, I think. Um, that being said, even at four mana, I was like very on the fence about how to feel about this card. And at six mana, I'm like, okay, it's it's bad, so don't run it. But also now now I kind of kind of miss it, right? When <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy it at five mana, maybe probably not um, until it goes to six. I think I five. Think, oh, I think yeah. five was like a good cost for wild, um, yeah. even if it was a bit too much in standard. So yep, that's exactly where I'm at too. But I, because of the popularity or lack thereof of the card, I doubt it'll be a consideration for a revert uh, when it does come back. So I think we're just gonna have to live with Theotar at six for now. Yeah, I, I have seen some like worries in standard about how like right now Theo is still kind of like the main way to combat something like Denathrius in, in standard. Um, and, and now you're nerfing Theo while introducing all these like undead stuff with Reborn that are potentially going to make Denethrys even better, and you're nerfing Theo from five to six. And so, but that being said, that's standard, and we don't care about standard players. Right. <laughs> totally not. <laughs> I, I also think Denethrys specifically is one of the least healthy targets for a Theo, just because like it, it feel like that's one of the most feel bad feels bad parts where you're like on turn nine you spend all this investment in generating and ramping up your denathrius as a potential win condition you're just about to slam him and not only does your opponent like prevent you from being able to play him but then plays it against you uh on the following turn and so I, like i think that that interaction specifically if it does feel really bad um but most other ones it's just like I guess I lose. Like I, I don't know. There, it, it it feels most of the time it just feels like any other tech card. I think Denathrius is one of the few, just because of, like again, the investment that you put into the card, and then your opponent gets to like cash in on it. Yeah, there's uh kind of some interesting stuff there where a card like Jace, right? Like a similar type finisher, but if the opponent steals Jace they probably can't do anything <laughs> with it whatsoever. Um, and so, yeah, the fact that it is juiced and the opponent does get to, you know, weaponize the, the Denathrius themselves is particularly feels bad. But I don't think that's a Denathrius issue necessarily. I think that's a, I want more Jace. Like, I, I would like if each class had sort of more finishes that were, you know, unique to that class or like, you know, good for them, but they just couldn't be stolen and used as much. I think that would make the Atar feel like a lot less bad uh for, for the player involved so i don't know uh so far though the set from what we've seen it's much more in line with the first two expansions of this year i think compared to you know the stormwind or like skullmance or things like that it's, it feels like we're following a very similar pattern um in terms of the onboard pile of stat um a lot of the undead cards as well that we've seen um, a kind of reminiscent of some of the mech synergies and, and things like that we've seen in the previous uh, couple expansions. Yeah, I'm, like Death Knight aside, like some of the cards that we've seen just in general, like feel like I don't know the, the feel. Or, or I'm excited for it. like looking at the Paladin. We saw two Paladin cards, and I'm like really excited to play Paladin. Like uh, I'm generally pretty, um, you know optimistic uh about the the set moving forward despite how little we've seen uh, but i'm also just super hyped on being able to play a new class so yeah i will say death knight is the exception a little bit to that uh where like death knight does look like it might have 
you know well i mean death knight's getting so many cards <laughs> there's right. probably going to be a lot, lot more direction that they can push if they want to because mm-hmm. they have you know a lot more support pieces um so but apart from death knight yeah i think the other two expansions are very similar to what we've seen from the other classes it feels very much like a roster kind of rumble year where they were like trying to power down after which is weird <laughs> you know uh death knights and co wasn't catacombs but it feels like that it hasn't really powered down but it's moved away from like that style of deck um in standard at least um that being said i've like enjoyed this year of hearthstone so i'm hoping that this expansion is not going to be any different uh and i really hope not because death knight looks really sweet right um at least from the from the cards that we've seen um I know we've been going on for a little bit here, so I do want to kind of move towards wrapping up. But uh, one thing that we haven't touched on and probably won't touch on until the very end until we've seen everything. Um, we mentioned this at the beginning. A lot of cards are getting new dual tribes. Uh, we're not going to really talk about kind of um, the really, really interesting ones because somebody made a list and it seems like there's still a lot of cards missing from the player. So website and this list and stuff like that. So we're not going to touch on that until the very end. Uh, but patches, patches, demon pirate. That's like, the one that you need to know, uh, and, and Mermy, which is like the Undead Reborn one drop, because we're going to mention a, a lot during Theory Crafting. Cookie's a pirate as well. I don't know how relevant that one's going to be, but yes, Cookie is Cookie's a pirate That's that pulls your exact, pirate out of your deck. That your is exactly as relevant as Patches being a pirate. Or, sorry, not Patches being a pirate, but Patches being a demon. Like, hey, Patches it can being be a relevant demon. in Warlock. How? You could... You bring it back with you can play the the demon buffing card that you're not wrong but stop (laughs) no i I think i think most of the dual uh minion types are not uh, again not going to be impactful in any capacity like because most of of them i I know will probably agree with you but right most because most of the minion types themselves like singular minion types most of those are like the minion tags themselves are usually not terribly relevant so yeah i, I just wanted to bring it up because we're going to talk a lot about i think mermy and haunted creeper specifically because mermy undead reborn haunted creeper summons the two undeads and so we'll, we'll be bringing it up i think a lot and so i wanted to touch on it but we're not gonna i guess dive too deep until later right uh probably like one of the last episodes of reveal season um yeah we've been going for a while so appreciate all of you guys listening appreciate corbin raffle for uh for helping me break down the Big news this week. Lots of stuff to talk about. So I appreciate you guys hanging out with me tonight. And uh, let the people know where they can find you and your content. Uh, yeah, you can find my content on Twitch and YouTube at Raffle. And you can find me at Corbett on Twitch or Corbett Games on other platforms. All right, you guys can find me at Get Me Up on all those platforms as well. Appreciate you guys listening to the super long episode. Hope you guys are excited for the brand new expansion, brand new class, everything that's coming. Uh, Thanks for listening all the way to the end, and we'll see you guys again next time. Later.